in the air. This may do it. Elko appropriately says he has it, and he does. And the Rebels go into Omaha in 2022. What a comeback story for the boys from Oxford. of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. can't believe it this team this Ole Miss baseball team is going to Omaha Nebraska to play in the College World Series a couple of months ago you could have never told me that was anything remotely true from all the way back to the sweep against Alabama the sweep Tennessee the southeast Missouri embarrassing loss at home fast forward the team gets hot had a chance to listen to the pre um, the preseason press conference where Mike Bianco talked about how excited he was for this team, but he had no idea for the most part, with the exception of maybe Derek Diamond, who was going to pitch. Had no idea that Hunter Elliott would be as, as, as terrific as he's been. Dylan DeLucia, another player that has really stepped up. Knew that offensively they should be pretty good. Had no clue this team was going to be this good from the mound. No earned runs from either the starters for the middle relief pitchers. By the way, over the last three games, Ole Miss outscored its opponents 37-6. That's the win against Arizona and the two wins against Southern Miss. Also, Ole Miss only shut out two opponents all year. It was Southern Miss the last two games. Ole Miss shut out Southern Miss in the Super Regional. 
So many people are scratching their head where this team has been. Remember, this team was number one in the country. So we knew they would be good. But can they be great? Can this be the team that everyone remembers throughout history? Because right now, the way Omaha is setting up, the way Ole Miss is pitching, the way Josh Mallett's, Tim Elko, Kevin Graham, Justin Bench all came together beginning of the year and said, we're doing this together. We're staying. And we thought they made a mistake. Or at least we thought there's no way this team can do it. They've done it. They've absolutely done it. And it has been an absolute blast going along for the ride. By the way, head coach Mike Bianco and the Ole Miss Rebels are 5-0 and since Coach Mike Bianco appeared on the podcast. Thought I'd throw that out there. 5-0. and Ole Miss will face the winner of Oregon State and Auburn. That's going on right now as we record on Sunday night. As everyone's heads are kind of in the clouds after watching this team. It's emotional for a lot of people. Um, you know, some of the folks that enjoyed that 2014 season, they're not with us anymore. And you kind of want to pick up the phone and call them, and they're, and they're not here. I had a chance, and, I'm, and we're so excited that Jared Redding is joining us from Hattiesburg. Um, and Jared has had a, had a great story, and I encourage you to hang on because he went to Omaha last year as a fan with his dad. And what he says, man, is special. I mean, it's such a special, special place for people like me and you that love college baseball. And I love it. And I've always said growing up watching college baseball and watching on ESPN when it was the only place you could watch it. You could watch the College World Series. As a kid, I would get my bracket out, dreaming of the opportunity that one day Ole Miss could go. I was always so – had so much fun watching teams like Mississippi State and – you know, Alabama went when I was young. LSU was always there, but almost never was. So when 2014 rolled around, that was special. I didn't get to go. But I said, if they ever make it back, I'm going to do whatever I can to go. So we're excited to bring you all types of content at Reps247.com. It's chock full of information now. And it will be continue to be full of information. It's been from the audiovisual part of it. I mean, it's we're really growing. And the the sky is the limit. But Ole Miss and head coach Mike Bianco are headed to Omaha. How cool is that? Jared Redding coming up in just a moment. Thank for our sponsors today, Bet Online. Of course, you heard about our good friends over at Bet Online a little bit uh, before. We also want to thank our sponsor, University of Traditions. And it's a spot where you can get that great hat that kind of lays down perfectly. If you get on the website now, do expedited shipping. Use the promo code BRAD, B-R-A-D, save you 10%. Buy a couple of hats, one for you and one for whoever you're going to the game with <laughs> on Saturday night. We th- Well, we think it's Saturday night is when they'll play. Uh, be sure and just stay stay tuned in to reps247.com. We'll keep you posted about uh, when the games are. There's threads now going on about hotels, tickets. That's, that's your spot. So uh, just keep it tuned in to reps247.com, inside the Rebels, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Jared Redding joins us um, here in just a moment and uh, has done a phenomenal job down in Omaha. Well, he will do a good job in Omaha. I can't believe I'm saying it. Did a great job down in Hattiesburg. The folks in Hattiesburg, there's 
wonderful people. Scott Berry, talk about a class act, man. Press conference today, he talked about how proud he was for Ole Miss, and if, if his team didn't get to go, he was proud Ole Miss could. So, such a such a great guy. The hospitality was great in Hattiesburg. I love that program. I love that stadium. Um, Ole Miss just, you know, they were just better this weekend. Rebels playing in the College World Series. We'll get everything kicked off with Jared Redding in just a moment. As you listen to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, part of the Believe Network. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. is headed to Omaha, and Jared Redding has uh, been here the whole way for us over at Inside the Rebels. And Jared, you were inside Pete Taylor Park today. You saw the enthusiasm from the players, and we can't say it enough. A team that was absolutely left for dead is headed to play in Omaha, Nebraska in the College World Series. Yeah, man, even even as you say that right there, it still hasn't quite set in that it happened. I mean, I watched my two eyes. You know, the players dogpiling on the field. I was there with my two eyes for the you know, the players and the coaches to talk about it. But even, like, think about it now. I mean, I just got back from the stadium literally 25 minutes ago is the time of recording. You know, still trying to take care of things and then realizing, you know, like, oh, oh shoot, I, I have to make plans. You, you know, I have to make plans for this. 
you know, and, you know, who thought we would be here, you know, and and as you mentioned a couple times, you know, where Ole Miss was 7-14 in conference play, the first time I've ever done so under Mike Bianco and everything that's just happened over the past couple weeks from regionals to here, they went 5-0 and in the NCAA tournament. Um, they they knocked off, they, they, they knocked, uh, excuse me, they made it through their regional just, just rough you know, shot, yeah. I mean, yeah. Arizona, it, Miami, it, it, it wasn't even close. I mean, yeah, I, and, and it was a one-run game against Miami, but for the most part, it was it was a pretty pretty dominating performance. Yeah, I mean, there were there were three good teams there. Even the team that went zero and two, you know, was a legitimate team. I mean, they gave Miami and Arizona fits too, and almost didn't even get a chance to see them as well. And, and this weekend, I mean, talk about the pitching staff. I mean, ten and zero yesterday. Five and zero today. I'm not a mathematician, but there's no runs allowed there, and you know why there's not any runs there because the pitching staff and defense, and that's what you saw this week, especially with Hunter Elliott, you know, in in uh, Sunday's game in Game Two. I mean, I, 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 that that kid, I know that kid has always had good composure. He showed it throughout this year and showed it through some of his recent starts. But you know, that thing was legendary status today, especially just the environment around him. Um, I mean, he retired 16 straight batters. In the middle of the game, that speaks for itself. Is it even? Is it? Is it fair to call this a Pomerantz type performance? Ooh, that's that's a tough one. That's 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 a big shoes to live up to. But uh, it's one of those performances that if you look back and say, okay, Ole Miss, how did Ole Miss get to Omaha in 2022? Yes, you could bring up everything that's happened in the past. um, You know, as far as getting here through the regular season, and then obviously. Now, but he was on the pitching staff, and he was, and he went back to the dugout, and they all dogpiled on the same day that all that happened, and a lot of it is because of him. And really, the only time that Southern Miss even threatened the entire game was on a pickoff error early on, and then when Elliott was nearing a hundred pitches, and he just gave up two hits, and he only gave up three hits, by the way, and then two of yeah. those. Where uh, two and then three batters, and that's when Mouts came in. And I don't know if you could have brought a better person in that situation than Josh Mouts. I mean, that was the perfect move to do right there. Um, I, I think you know he might. This is a, he's the way he's come a long way. You know, just the past couple weeks. I mean, he was obviously good coming in. He had you know really good ERA and all that. But dude's been absolutely unbelievable so far. I mean, look no further than the regional. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, you could call it a conference performance if you want to, but it's also, you know, a performance that everyone's going to be looking back to when it comes, you know, Ole Miss in the postseason. There's so, so many, I, there's so many stories, man. I mean, Hunter Elliott looks just like Doug DeCasey to me. And I don't, and I'm not just saying that's because he's number 26. Well, cloned in a laboratory. I mean, gosh, I'm mighty. He, he looks identical. Then you've got Tim Elko with all the ACLs. You've got TJ McCants coming in. And hitting a home run after having a difficult, really a difficult season. And you've got one of the best players, I think, on the team that nobody talks enough about is Justin Bench. Three for five today, so solid, and is one of the best players to wear the blue. And and there's so many – Gonzalez. Then you've got uh, all of a sudden you've got so many players that just step up. They just didn't play well. I mean, Gonzalez played short so well all year, didn't really have a whole lot of hits – and just like everybody else, he caught fire late in the year. And then Kevin Graham coming back after that hand injury 
And all of a sudden, Jared, I don't think I'm being too crazy by saying Ole Miss could win the whole thing. That's that's you know, they're one of eight teams. I mean, one of those eight teams has, has to win it. You know, why not Ole Miss? Um, I mean, especially looking field. I mean, I don't know at the top of my head who's punched tickets. You look at Ole Miss, Texas A and M has punched their ticket. Notre Dame has punched their ticket. Arkansas, um, Arkansas has punched their ticket. Auburn, if they win tonight, they could punch their ticket. You got East so, Carolina, that's Texas. Four, that's four yeah. SEC right yeah. there. And who am I missing? I, I haven't seen the bracket. That's my next question. When's this team? When's Ole Miss playing? I haven't looked at. It. I haven't had a really okay. a chance to look at it yet. Uh, I, all I know is they do play the regional. Oh, they, they do play the winner of that Corvallis regional in between Auburn and Oregon State. Yes, I don't. My head. For whatever reason, it looks like it's on the other side of the bracket, which means it would be the Saturday game at six. But now, I don't hold me to that. I've had. I'm just waiting on this for something official because uh, we don't have anything enough. right now. I haven't to breathe after this game especially with me trying to turn out all this content out uh you know that and this is you know this is the this is the time to do it you know strike while the iron's hot you know there's so many and like you said so many storylines come out of this you talk about where the team was uh you know at, at one point during the season you talk about you know kind of the redemption arc of bianco at Ole miss and that was a, a theme of kind of the post game you know, press conference too, just talking about, you know, just the criticisms and um, kind of overcoming, you know, the noise and all that. You talk about some of these players with, you know, and it was, and it was fitting, and I, and I don't know if you've mentioned this or not, but Tim Elko caught the final out. I just saw the highlight like, package you know, you can, on like, SEC like, Now. You, yeah. you can make a movie out of that. You could. Yeah. You absolutely could. By the way, Jared, you know, over the last three games dating back to the Arkansas game, Ole Miss has outscored its opponents 37-6. to six. That's yep. that's hard to do, and and you know, twenty twenty two to six, ten to nothing, five to nothing, and then the first game was seven to four. The closest game was Miami. It was an absolute pitcher's duel, and Miami's really good, but Miami Ole Miss is. pitched it well, and Ole Miss is five and zero oh in the postseason. They swept, and uh, you know I can't say it enough. You said it. I've said it. Semo Vanderbilt, not Vanderbilt, but uh, Alabama. Tennessee, the points in the season where we absolutely wrote Mike Bianco's obituary. This team came back, and Mike Bianco was absolutely bit over the head for years for saying, that's baseball. And I'm going to be honest with you, Jared, the only way I can describe what happened without talking about maybe some pitching nuances or Kevin Graham coming back after the hand injury, what happened is that's baseball more than anything I've ever known to be that's baseball this year for Ole Miss. Yeah, um, that and that 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 that's yeah. I think you basically just said it all right there. Um, it's I'm still kind of and, and and as we're talking right now, I mean we're about eight minutes in and it still hasn't set in. I know, you know, and, then, and I say that because like you know I was in, in 2014 before I even entered the media business. You know, I was a freshman in high school. In, in uh, 2014, I was going into my, it was the summer going into my 10th grade year. I remember where I was standing when Ole Miss went to Omaha that, or, or, or you know, punched their ticket to Omaha. And, you know, I took a picture of the screen. I sent it to everybody. Uh, I watched the, the, the walk-off uh, win. I think the only win in that, in that year by Gatlin um, to stay alive at least for a little bit. Lost to the eventual national runner-up in Virginia. 
who they got beat by Vanderbilt, who is an SEC team, obviously, and you know, kind of kicked them as being considered a college baseball powerhouse, if you will. But talking like right now, because like, I, I remember very vividly, and I wrote about this the other day. Um, I, you could you could pinpoint different areas of the season where you might think it was rock bottom. You could argue that was after the SEMO game where they almost got run rolled on their home turf. You could maybe, you know, after they got smacked in reality after Tennessee, who ended up, you know, being the best college baseball. I didn't even go to the College World Series. Um, we can knock up another day. And then the sweep at Alabama. You could, you could make an argument for all of this. Or you could even argue when they lost, you know, two or three, the following week, South Carolina and Mississippi State and Arkansas. Either one of those, I think it was all kind of set in stone. All right, you know, this is when it all ends. You know, this is kind of the end of an era. Um, and, and I'm still here. And I didn't, and I thought, honestly, like, I thought I was going to be writing football content right now. I mean, that, that, that's how, like, I was like, kind of planning everything around it. Now, granted, like, I'm, I'm, granted, I'm glad that the team is where it is right now, but, you know, it's, it's still kind of, not really saying maybe I'll know if talk about it more will make it set in more and just kind of drill into my head. You know, maybe if I just write a few more things about it, but or maybe until you actually see Ole Miss in Omaha when it kind of finally set in. But, you know, regardless it happened, you know, Ole Miss was the 64th team to enter to, to, to be in the tournament. And it's just eight teams, you know, why, why, why not Ole Miss? You know, it's in, it's you're going to see what happens at this point on. I mean, it's going to be a good story, you know, regardless, you know, Ole Miss has never won a national championship in baseball. There might be a, a one in just now Tennessee losing kind of makes things get wide open a little bit. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. And you know, Mike Bianco, obviously he listened to the out, outside noise. In my opinion, I've had him on my show or I've had him on this podcast I guess the last two weeks, and it feels like that I've <clears throat> at least got from him that he listens to noise a lot more than he normally has, which means he understood that there were people wanting his head. He understood how hard, you know, that he worked, and it almost felt like he understood the elephant in the room. So this year, it felt like that in Hattiesburg, that Ole Miss, the team in the red and blue, Southern Miss, the team in the in the gold, small amount of fans for Ole Miss, huge fan base for, for Southern Miss. Everybody showed up. Southern played tight, man. They played tight today, too. And Ole Miss did not play tight. And Ole Miss won. And they won big. And it felt like this was as if Ole Miss was playing at home and they played like Southern. And then Ole Miss goes on the road and they play loose. Any type of truth to that that you can tell? I mean, definitely. I, I agree with you that Ole Miss kind of played loose because, you know, you listen. I mean, you were there, you know, when you were there listening to the crowd up front. I mean, of course, I was listening to the crowd through a, you know, a little connector speaker from the press box to the to the actual field. But, you know, you heard the natural sound of, you know, of just how loud it was. I mean, it's only, you know, grandstands only seat about 4,300 people. And yeah. I could, yeah, there were a lot more than 4,300 people in there. Now, the ratio of Ole Miss fans to Southern Miss fans, you know, I don't know. I mean, it was obviously a really tough time to just get a ticket there um, if you're a normal fan. But, 
Yeah, I think, you know, they were kind of almost was kind of prepared for this one. I'm not saying Southern Miss wasn't. I mean, obviously, they had to do a whole lot to get here. I mean, especially, you know, getting out of a regional and, you know, overcoming that, you know, that LSU hurled the way they did. Um, unless I try to thought for a split, for a split second. But well, uh, here's, here's, here's my point. It felt like Southern allowed the moment to kind of get to them and think about, hey, we are playing Ole Miss and we are kind of the favorite and we're at home. They played tight. And the point I was trying to make is, is Ole Miss almost felt like the other team, the, the, the team that the, the Miami, the Virginia, when they were playing at home and allowing the moment to get to them. They didn't do that this year. I felt like Mike has absolutely evolved. Secondly, Jared, I have no doubt that Mike evolved with a lineup because Hayden Leatherwood played dip. I mean, he had a rough, you know, regional last week. He did. Taking him out and putting in Calvin Harris in right field and then, of course, putting Justin Bench in center field. And, look, I understand TJ, you know, probably has a little bit of a hand issue. But TJ he, 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 got pulled because he wasn't doing a very good job. And they moved Justin Bench, who is, who is a natural center fielder, and the Garrett Wood didn't have didn't have great plate appearances, but did okay. But Mike showed that he adapted with that lineup. And I'll be honest with you, Jared, Mayo won the tournament. Maybe I mean Garrett Wood is also a great story to go to as well because, um, I mean I could pull up the stats from the day, but I know you know the first game against Southern Miss and the last game of the regional where they won. You know he had multiple you know plate appearances, or excuse me, he had. He reached base multiple times in both in both games. Um, especially he had that he had that RBI hit, I believe, in uh, first game against first Southern. game. Yes, and, yeah, and he had some, and, and he showed he showed the patience. And he had he there was one at bat that I remember um, yesterday where it was a phenomenal at bat. It all ended with a walk. You know, just seeing good things, knowing when to kind of delay it a little bit. No. You know, that's kind of wearing them down a little bit. Was it the sixth inning when Ole Miss had the big inning? Was it? Okay, well. was that, yeah. not, That's what I'm asking. Was it the sixth inning when he had the big inning? No, I, I, I think at the top of my head it was a little bit earlier than okay. that. Okay, whatever inning that was, Garrett, like, Wood, Garrett Wood started but, the inning off of the walk. But, I mean, everybody did something in the sixth inning. Right. Like seven runs on five hits. You know, so seven runs to come somewhere. That's almost your entire lineup. Garrett Wood was one for three in the first game with two walks. He was one for two uh, in the second game. I'm sorry, let me rephrase. Against Arizona, he was one for three with two walks. The first game against Southern Miss, one for two, three walks, and had that RBI double. Or single. I don't remember which one it was, but it was an RBI hit. Yeah. You know, and I I was glad to see – also, real quick, I was glad to see Ben Ben Van Cleve get a chance to hit. He's kind of been a little bit of an, an, an afterthought. When he, he he was one of the people that, that has played well down the stretch, but the point I was making the two questions: number one, how Ole Miss is playing so loose, and number two, how Mike has adapted with the lineup. And I thought he, you know, you will not find a, a coach that calls a better game uh, from the mound. And I think Mike did a great job. I think he, I think it was a perfectly called weekend for pitchers. Could not have gone better, and quite frankly. I don't know what happened, and we, we, we saw this team go all the way to number one, was playing well, still had some question marks with pitching. But, but look, you have to give credit where credit's due. 
Carl Lafferty, the pitching coach, and Mike Bianco, give credit where credit is to you. The pitchers in the middle relief the absolutely saved this team, and they had two shutouts this year. That's the last two games. And the crazy thing, I, I, and I noticed you, kind of, you, you, you said that right there, especially when it comes to the pitching, they only used four pitchers. Four. The two games. Four so we, pitchers. Four pitchers, and and two of those are starters. You know, Dylan Delucia went five and two thirds. Uh, he may have could have gone longer, but at the same time, at that point, there was just, uh, you know, he started to kind of get there a little bit. And you know, Doherty, he has the capability to have some length, you know, and he's shown that you know a little bit this year and a little bit last year. Um, so I think you know that's that is good. I mean, he'll he'll be available at some point during the World Series, so we'll see what happens with that. Brandon Johnson did, did not even pitch. You know, you, when you think of Brandon Johnson, you think of Taylor Broadway. Right. You think of a guy who gets the final out, you know, just, you know, unleashes, you know, a loud roar, throw his glove in the air. You know, the classic, you know, baseball picture that photographers dream of. That's Brandon Johnson. Um, And we never got to see him one bit. And so Elliot, obviously, seven and one third. And then Josh Mallett's, you know, just getting the five, final five outs of the game. Look, I've, and, said, I've uh, said this over and over, Jared. I've told you, I've told Coach Bianco, I've told anybody that will listen. There's not one player on this team that I'm happier for, including Tim Elko, than Josh Mallett's. He was absolutely left for dead in Starkville last year in, on Sunday afternoon when Ole Miss was in control of that game. Josh Mallett's came in and absolutely blew up had a horrible performance. So bad, Jared, I think, that I would he, contemplate he quitting. He didn't go out, I don't think. It was awful. And not only did that young man bust his tail the entire offseason, come back, open the season with mono, Coach Bianco told us on this show, this guy became the number one middle relief pitcher on this team, and he deserves all the credit in the world. What a story. Hey, just, just throw that on top of the pile. There's so many. I mean, we could go around the horn. Peyton Chatagnier, honestly, defensively, maybe one of the best defensive second basemen in the country. Struggled at the plate. We get all that. But had a, other than today, had a great regional and had a great regional in Coral Gables. And uh, just, just so many stories. Before we let you go, tell me two or three keys to this turnaround for this Ole Miss team, including this weekend. Yeah, I think – that that can kind of vary uh, you know, depending on which way you look at it because, you know, baseball is a team sport. So there's a lot of different parts uh, that you look into that. You could probably think, you know, that, w- you know, one aspect of it is just playing a little bit better. Um, you know, if you no- if you notice some of the games from earlier in the season and now, when Ole Miss lost – early on in the season, with the exception of, you know, that walk-off loss to UCF. Um, when they got down 4 or 5 it just, you know, you, you, you can't assume that they quit. You can't assume that they quit because you're not in their shoes. Right. But it just looked like, you know, they just kind of looked defeated. And it was kind of like, okay, you know, they just kind of going through the motions after that a little bit. Now, granted, a lot of those were at home, and so you can kind of feel it a little bit more, especially when the crowd is not into, into it. Um, and... From a pitching standpoint, you know, that's the, you know, Mallets, um, Mason Nichols, 
Hunter Elliott in particular, you know, they two of those three guys had to develop a slider before they even came to Ole Miss. Actually, actually, no, I think all three of them did. Maybe not Mallets, but um, maybe another one that I didn't mention. But yeah, the slider has been a big, big key um, to that. And that was the big theme of, you know, the media op coming in to the Super Regional is just how that slider's developed. Because, you know, they had to drop, you know, a curveball, which is basically a high school pitch, and use that slider. And that's, you know, been extremely effective so far. Even Dave, Dave, Hayden Dunhurst is just like, look, it's so deceptive, you know, as you is somebody the batters you, you can't you know recognize it when it first leaves your hand and you know and you you saw that a lot you know this game a lot of Hunter Elliott's best pitches it was just like you could see it I mean you could just see you know especially when, after they swing it you know that that pitch is different um yeah I think kind of at a hitting standpoint you know I think they're just a little bit more disciplined they're finding they're doing what they tried to do and did do at the beginning of, of the year. And that was to get runs, whatever means possible. You know, they have the ability to hit it out of the yard. We get that. There's Jacob Gonzalez, Tim Elko, Kevin Graham, and and, and so forth and so on. Maybe even Justin Bench as well. Um, any guys who can make it happen. You have guys who, you know, can come up with clutch hits. But you don't really think about, you know, just the walks and just taking advantage of that, taking advantage of what you got on the base path and everything. And you saw it a little bit. You, I mean, almost had a lot of advancements just based on wild pitches and pass balls. You know, granted, some of that is on the opposing pitcher in whatever circumstance. But, you know, those, you know, advancements, those 90 feet advancements matter, you know, at the end of the day in any pitching sequence. So that's just from a technical standpoint. I think just from an overall team perspective, and it sounds a little cliche, you know, and athlete talk and so forth. I mean, I was a former athlete myself. Uh, granted, not a quote-unquote team sport as a track athlete, but um, just kind of his belief in each other. You know, this team, you know, I, I remember vividly, and I, and I wrote about this too, um, that kind of reminded me, when they all got run-ruled by SEMO on their home turf, and I know, obviously, Tywin Malone hit a home yeah. run to prevent doing that, and, you know, you and I have kind of beat that to death. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, I remember, you know, we were waiting for, you know, the players and, you know, the team to break up so we can, you know, talk to coach and, you know, talk to the players and all that. That that uh, that speech at the end of the game took forever. We were sitting there just freezing cold, 40-degree weather, uh, just as that. And then right after Bianco talked, he stepped away, and then, and then Brandon Johnson came in and talked to the team. You know, and you could kind of see on his face, just a very passionate talk. And Bianco just sat there and just watched it. To know that Bianco is not the only one, you know, motivating this team. I mean, they motivate each other. And that was just, that was the first moment I was like, okay, this, yeah, they have senior leadership. But now you're kind of seeing it a little bit. You know, you could only hear about it so much from, you know, an outside, from a media's perspective, what the players tell you and so forth. But I saw it like that. And sure enough, they were playing better after that. Granted, it didn't translate into the win column right away, especially with South Carolina, Mississippi State, and uh, South Carolina was before SEMO, but Mississippi State and Arkansas, where they just they when they got down those games, they always came back in those games. But just one little thing could go awry, and that's the thing in the SEC: if you don't play your best every single day, it's not going to turn out well for you. And that's when they kind of figure it all together. You know, Mike Bianco mentioned, you know, talked with uh, Chris Coughlin, former player to the team, and, you know, in this press conference now. Um, 
I think it just kind of just comes down to belief in each other. And this, and, you know, this group of leaders just kind of just refused to let this team crumble. I felt like that Ole Miss was in a good position uh, to take care of Southern Miss because of the way they were playing, obviously, in Coral Gables. I also felt like it would they would do pretty well not having to go to Baton Rouge. I didn't like Ole Miss's chances down there. It felt like, Jared, once things got hot, Ole Miss started playing well. You saw the bracket. Ole Miss had a chance, had a decent chance, and now here we are. It's unbelievable. Tell everybody what's going on at the site, what all's posted right now over at reps247.com. There's a, a new deal going on right now. You can be a part of the community. There's a ton of content. Jared, what's going on over there? I mean, we're at a, we're at a great time of the year. Obviously, I've you know I took this job in February. I've never regretted it or had second thoughts one bit since. Especially where we are with College World Series, uh, we're going to turn out as much as we can about that. We're going to attack things from different angles, you know, from the players to the coaches to the game to the opponent. That'll be all on the site with a lot of additional multimedia content, as we know from podcasts like we've been doing. You, me, myself. Uh, David Johnson, even Ben Garrett, the crossover podcast, Chris Brooks and his podcast, all of the above. We experimented with a lot of video content, you know, this week, and it worked to great success. You know, I looked, you know, see it, see how I was doing, and I'm getting some positive feedback on that. That's been great so far. Um, so it's it, it's a good time to get rolling, you know. And I'm excited. I'm gonna start writing stuff as soon as we hang up on the call. You know, that's. You know, the thing you got to do in this business, and at the same time, if you uh, do what you love, you haven't worked a day in your life. So it feels like you're kind of living the dream right now, and I'm glad to do it and serve our subscribers, serve our readers. And then, you know, it's always my mission to better myself and be, you know, the best person I can be uh, to represent this site and, uh, you know, represent this fan base. I told you earlier, pregame and postgame, the site of this interview is going to be in front of the statue, and I may be a blubbering mess the entire time. (laughs) I've never been. To, I've never been to Omaha, and so it's a special spot for me. Growing up as a as a kid, watching Johnny Rosenblatt Stadium, watching all the LSU games, and thinking, wouldn't it be really cool, number one, to go, but to have a team that you cover and pull for, make it, and to have that opportunity. And I think I'm going to be able to take my family with me, and just to share a moment. And uh, I'll be honest, Jared, it was it was pretty emotional when the last out was was cast. And yeah, uh, uh, I can't yeah, imagine, we, uh, you know, I, I, my father-in-law, I, I called him, and um, he is a huge, huge baseball fan. He loves my Bianco, and he said, Brad, I had a hard time keeping it together because of all the adversity they had faced, and I couldn't think of Ole Miss baseball without Mike as its head coach. And that's, you know, that's how a lot of people feel about Coach Bianco. And to be able to have that opportunity to, to call him and, and call some more of my friends, and uh, it's just special. It, it's special to, to, to be able to say, number one, that you can go, but number two, to say that you can go and support the team that you cover or root for. And uh, it's just a really cool moment. Let me Before you get off the call, let me say this. Um, first off, I forgot what the first thing I was going to say at the top of my head, but I'll get back to that, and I'm sure it'll come around. Oh, yeah, yeah that's what it was. Look, I mean, I'll, full disclosure, you know, you know how young I am. Compared to everyone on this beat, I am the youngest guy on yeah. this beat, not a student reporter and all that. When Mike Bianco was hired as head coach, guess how old I was at the time? Were you born? I was born March third, nineteen ninety nine. Okay, a couple years old. I 
Maybe. I, I'm, I'm not good at math top of the head. But anyway, also, I don't even remember Ole Miss baseball without Mike Bianco. Secondly, I went to Omaha last year, not to work, but, you know, as a fan for a senior trip with, you know, my friend of mine. I brought my dad. He brought his dad. You know, it was kind of a joint trip a little bit. And let me tell you something. So, um, let me tell you about the trip. It, the, the, the coolest thing about Omaha is how the city treats this College World Series like a carnival, like a festival. It's, it, it seems like the city, if you go around and walk around the city around that time while games are going on, it, it, it seems like that city was specifically built to host college baseball and was specifically built for the College World Series. Now, I went to the replica, the Rosenblatt replica, Went to the Omaha Zoo. That was great. Um, but it it, it it feels like a when you go watch a game there, no matter where you're sitting in the stands, it feels like a celebration of college baseball. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, an exhibit A of why college baseball needs to grow. And that is not done growing. And I think that's a big theme when you talk when you when you look at, you know, the ESPN broadcast with Kyle Peterson. You know, and the whole and the whole college baseball crew—they do a phenomenal job. Um, but it, it it was the greatest trip I've ever had in my life, Brad. And I, I and I can't say that enough. And I tell my father every day. You know, my you know my dad's familiar with Omaha. He lived at Omaha at, at a point during his life mm-hmm. before they, but before they moved back down to Oxford. So we got to see that. Um, it should, if you're on the fence, if you're listening, and if you're on the fence about going, and you're like, oh, you know, I'm worried about gas. Or, you know, I'm worried about, you know, it not being worth it, Ole Miss going two and done. Or, you know, worry about if then another. If you have the opportunity to, uh, go. You know, if you're on the fence about it, if you have any of the slightest thought, or if you're at least 50-50 on it, you know, go immediately. I'll, I'll tell you, you won't regret it one bit. I can't wait. I can't wait to, to do our, our special interview, uh, whether it be on the field or, or at the – at the side, I, I can't wait to do it, and I'm grateful to have that opportunity to do that. I'm, it's so much fun doing the video content for the side, and it's growing beyond measure. The feedback has been phenomenal, and Ole Miss has beaten Southern Mississippi in going to the College World Series. I can't believe it. Jared Redding joins us. We'll talk to Jared uh, probably in a couple days and get a little more information. Be sure and stay tuned to Rebs247.com for all of the up-to-date information about Omaha, about travel plans. There'll be threads going left and right about hotels, tickets. Everything you need to know is at Rebs247.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Jared, thanks so much, number one, for being a part of this podcast, which has grown beyond measure, but number two, for doing a fantastic job covering this Ole Miss baseball team and uh, the first year you get to go to Omaha, isn't that something? For first time going as as a, as a media guy, right? Which, you know that's that's going to be exciting. You no, know, thank goodness that happens unless anything changes between now and then. But um, you know, I'm excited regardless. Just you know to you know get to cover a team who obviously we talked about. You know, from seven fourteen in conference play to rock bottom to being one of the final eight teams to win a national championship. That's Jared Redding of 247 Sports joining us here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. And unbelievable. The Rebels are headed to Omaha, Nebraska. I guess they're going to face somebody between Auburn and uh, Oregon State. They're playing right now. No score in the third. 
But Ole Miss is going to the College World Series. It's an incredible, credible time to be an Ole Miss Rebel. I just, I've, had, I've had a couple of uh, text messages with some friends that say, it's just a great time to be an Ole Miss Rebel. And it truly, truly is. Be sure and uh, head on over to, to Bet Online. Remember, Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. The NBA playoffs, well, it's in the finals. Not very much left, but there's still time to make your favorite bets. Remember, all your latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach maybe he's going to land or get fired. Bet online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus the very first deposit. Use that promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, get started. That's where you get that welcome bonus. Remember, bet online where the game starts. Also grateful for our friends at University Traditions. Yeah, you're going to Omaha. Go ahead right now. Go to universitytraditions.biz. Pick out your two hats. You're going to pick out one for yourself and one for your dad. When you're filling up the gas tank of the vehicle, don't worry about how much it costs. <laughs> Hand your dad or your uncle or your friend that you're going with that hat. Say, here, put it on. Enjoy it. We're going to Omaha. Use the promo code BRAD, B-R-A-D. That's saving 10%, so you can use that 10% to put in your fuel tank when you fill up with gas going to Omaha. I don't know that I can say it enough. Ole Miss is going to Omaha. We'll have you covered right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan COTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field. It's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network.